0: How
1: you guys doing? Hello, everyone. Hello.
0: Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show.
1: Sounds like a typical bastard.
0: What's going on in Nick Wilson's mind?
1: My mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought.
0: You're about to find out. Mm -hmm. Look who knows so much. Nick Wilson is on now.
2: Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Welcome into the Nick Wilson Show. The show is back, and I am back. Let's go ahead and get into it. The bit with Beth coming up in about forty minutes. Here we also have Trevor Sykema, our guy from the Draft Exchange Podcast and Pro Football Focus at eleven twenty. Generic NFL off-season talking points with Trevor Sykema. Aaron Wilson. Of Pro Football Network, he's going to join us at 1220 to explain uh, the quarterback carousel as it pertains to the Deshaun Watson situation in uh, Cleveland with the NFL and all the other moves here in the NFL offseason, but we can't start having fun. Nope. We got to start talking about what is another gigantic boulder on top of a just mountainous rock of crappy news for the Charlotte Hornets. And it felt like, you know, they had hired the new head coach, Steve Clifford, right? Uh, they just exercised the uh, the option on Jalen McDaniels. Maybe it could, with, with NFL free, free agency upon us, or NBA free agency upon us, maybe, just maybe, it could be moving in the right direction. And then... In the last 24 hours, uh, the report has come out and confirmed that Miles Bridges, Hornets superstar, soon to be free agent, trying to secure the bag, uh, was arrested for felony domestic violence charges. And I'll be honest with you, the timing of this really couldn't be much worse. And if we kind of look at this in totality, the only way that this could get much worse is if the mugshot comes out and Miles Bridges is wearing a bolo tie. Like, the only way, if he comes out and has the absolute worst mugshot, and that that will never stop, right? Like, Desmond Bryant was in the NFL for a long time. When he was in uh, Oakland with the Raiders, he had the was face going and after being arrested for a DUI. It's still, it's had a better career than Desmond Bryant has in the NFL. But I just want to start on just a really human level, because I think we missed this step. I think there's a lot of times where when these charges are put out there, felony charges for domestic violence, we go right into bulldog mode, right? People who have either who can either empathize with domestic violence uh, survivors, people who are domestic violence uh, survivor advocates, people who are domestic violence survivors, anybody who's experienced that or tangentially experienced that in their life, do the thing that they should do, which is say, why the hell is Miles Bridges still in the NBA? And there is another group of people that go bulldogging. And they go, you know what? You know what? Innocent until proven guilty. And we forget that this situation involves at least two human beings. I'm just going to start with how disappointed I am in Miles Bridges. I don't know. That, I mean, guys, this is still very early on in this story. So uh, the reality is the details haven't come out. The, the the There have been some details in terms of why he would be charged with a felony versus why he'd be charged with a misdemeanor. There are some details in terms of he had this altercation. Uh, allegedly, the cops are called, and he left the scene and had to turn himself in. So there are some details. But in terms of why he was arrested, in terms of what actually happened, we haven't seen those allegations yet. So it's not necessarily just about the allegations. It is the situation Miles put himself in. If you had given me uh, a guess on... on it, Just throw out the generic felony, uh, felony domestic violence charges. If you had given me a guess on the Hornets roster, I wouldn't have started with Miles Bridges. And a lot of that is we've seen Miles interact with his young family on the court... After games, before games, in warmups, and we've seen him on social media, engaging with his young family, including his young, his son. And so, maybe I bought the PR image, but I saw Miles as a really good young example around the NBA, as a young father who was super engaged, who just seemed like a loving, engaged dad. That can still be true, by the way, but... This, when you hear a player on on the Charlotte Hornets is charged with a felony domestic violence charge, it it puts into question that image that you and I have been sold. And so I'm disappointed that the thing that I thought about Miles Bridges might not be true. I'm disappointed that a young man who is on the precipice of making life-changing generational money Whether he gets $25 million a year or whether it's a full max contract or anywhere in between. This is generational lifetime money that Miles Bridges is on the precipice of. So I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for Miles. I'm disappointed in Miles. But I also think that there's a lot, and when you go into bulldog mode, right, when you hear domestic violence, uh, charges. And you either go to he should never play again in the NBA or, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. When you go to an extreme of a conversation like this, I do think it ignores some of the basic realities of the situation. I don't think I would be very surprised if Miles Bridges looks at jail time over this. Because the the sad reality of how domestic violence is handled, especially if you are a rich and famous athlete... These are We have not seen a lot of, uh, especially young kids in the the prime of their career, of kids that end up doing jail time. When you look at this, Miles Bridges will probably continue to have a very prosperous and long NBA career. This will be a hiccup in his career and probably not the long road. Probably not a long-term issue unless he continues to have these domestic violence issues. So outside of the awful timing, I've also heard people say that this is actually a positive for Charlotte because long term, your best interest is that Miles Bridges is a Charlotte Hornet. And long term or short term, it's going to be really rough for a team that doesn't have a history with Miles Bridges to put $30 million, $35 million, $40 million, a max offer on the table for him that forces the Hornets to either match or let him go. If you are Detroit and you're trying to win, uh, we get the whole win at all costs thing. It'd be a pretty rough look to bring home the hometown superstar, even for a max contract or even for a discounted contract. In the name of uh, he's facing these very serious charges. It's a little too cynical for me. I would be shocked, and I do mean shocked, if anybody decided to give Miles an offer sheet that 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 approached Max Money with these charges hanging over his head. I would be shocked if the Charlotte Hornets do it. Up their offer, or or even if Miles comes back and says that initial offer that wasn't good enough, I'll take that now. I'd be shocked if the Hornets and Miles came to an agreement in the next week. I don't want to say shocked in the next week, but in the next two or three days, with this still in the air. I'd be pretty surprised if both parties think this is the right time to deal with a contract. And in that way, I do think. I'm not cynical enough to say, hey, this is a positive for the Hornets. No, your young family man superstar who is on the precipice of making generational type money one way or another got arrested for felony domestic violence charges. It's ve- There's not a lot of positives there. But I do think that you look at this situation. And I think the most positive things for both sides is that they realize there were bigger issues right now than paying Miles Bridges or how much you're going to pay Miles. I think inevitably this probably secures that Miles will be back in Charlotte. Mitch Kupchak yesterday or two days ago in the press conference said, we're going to keep Miles effectively. I'm paraphrasing. We we love Miles. We're going to keep Miles. That's before the charges came out. I don't know that charges in and of themselves, I don't know being arrested in and of themselves is going to endanger that. Now, if a video comes out, a Ray Rice situation, okay, that that could really endanger things if specific allegations come out, and they're pretty damning, is, uh, that could endanger that. But I think that more endangers Miles' NBA future in the intermediate than it does specifically with the Charlotte Hornets. I think if Miles plays basketball next year, I'd be pretty beyond shocked. Given these, given these allegations, given his arrest, I'd be pretty shocked if he played anywhere but Charlotte. But I'll ask you guys, should, the, should his arrest make the Hornets walk away from Miles Bridges? Because I don't think it's a yes or no Yet. I just mentioned the idea of a video. If that video comes out and he's hitting a woman, it's going to be really tough to not move my answer to yes, they should walk away from Miles Bridges because of these. Because then it's, then it's not just charges, then you saw what happened. If the allegations are really, truly, I mean, we're talking Greg Hardy, gruesome, domestic violence, it's going to be really tough not to move my answer to yes. But that's less of, and I want to make this clear. Because sometimes we turn it into a, it's the Hornets. The Hornets have, because that's the team we root for, that's the team in town. It's the Hornets' job to deal with this. Well, one, the NBA has a collective bargaining agreement in place that, as Miles goes here, he's probably facing at least a 10-game suspension next year. So there is a protocol in place in the NBA to deal with domestic violence issues or charges or arrests or whatever. So the NBA, it is an NBA issue in terms of the actual punishments he gets. In terms of Miles getting a contract, that is on all 30 NBA teams to not overreact, not overreact, but that's not the right phrasing, but to not react in a way where it's either we don't care and we're just going to sign this guy regardless, to basically act without thought, because whether it's in the intent or not, that'll be actions with malice for the individual NBA teams. The best thing is that the Hornets and Miles Bridges focus on the Miles Bridges thing. Because guys, signing, re-signing Miles Bridges isn't going to change what the Hornets do. They're, it's not as if them not signing him is going to open up a lot of salary cap. They're already over the cap. It's not as if signing Miles Bridges means, oh, well, up, up. now we can add Bradley Beal. You can still add Bradley Beal. You'll be able to add Bradley Beal and sign Miles Bridges. It's just with Bradley Beal, you're going to have to trade either Gordon Hayward or uh, and or Terry Rozier to make that happen. Not a lot has changed. My opinion of Miles, the guy that I thought he was, that's in danger. My opinion on whether he should be in the NBA long term, that's in danger. But in terms of day guys coming out today, pounding their table, And having definitive takes, we don't know enough to overreact. Today, I ride the fence. Don't do that a lot. Today, I ride the fence on this one. But the next week or so will be critical onto whether I think Miles should be in the NBA next year or whether I think the NBA should give him some time to figure out his, his personal life and the things that happened. Should Miles Bridges' arrest make the Hornets walk away from him here in free agency? We got the bit with Beth coming up at 1040. Trevor Sickema at 1120. Aaron Wilson at 1220. So much to get to on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio, 92.7 FNZ. We are talking about the Miles Bridges news that came out, but we do have the the bit with Beth coming up in about 20 minutes here as well. And uh, Richie on the Garage Door Guru text line had gone through the litany of things that had happened in the Hornets offseason. Man, when you read it, like, there's knowing it in the top of your head, the things that had happened with the Hornets, and then there's, like, reading it. It... It it's been it's been a 2 month period here guys. Uh we're going to continue on with that. Again, my question for you guys is, should Miles Bridges arrest, make the Hornets walk away from him and and just basically pull the qualifying offer and move on? I think it's too early. All right. And this isn't just about uh you know, innocent until proven guilty. It's just we we outside of uh, one or two very basic details, we just don't have a lot. But uh I would like to also talk about something that happened to me on my drive in today. You guys know, if you guys have been following my, my weight loss journey, you guys know that, uh, that I've been on intermittent fasting. And a big part of intermittent fasting is getting uh, like a, uh, a fat to help your body burning fat in the morning. So I do my PhD coffee, which is ghee butter and avocado oil. And I know, because right now you're making a face. You're making a face driving around, or if you're sitting in your office doing work, wherever you're at, the palatial estates of the chimneys of Marvin, wherever you're at, you're making a face about ghee butter and avocado oil. Guys, it's made me not miss cream and sugar in my coffee anymore. It's delicious. But every morning I have to have that for my body to burn fat. And... So I, so what I do is I mix it up in a blender so that it gets evenly and it kind of looks like having cream and sugar in your coffee. Well, this morning I was driving in and I've been using my wife's car cause uh, hers takes less gas than my truck. And she has, she has, she has like a nap problem in her car right now, probably something my kids did. And I looked down right before I take a sip of coffee and I'm, I'm just going to tweet the picture with nothing. uh, At Nick Wilson says, and there is a gnat in the coffee. And you got to understand, I'm already halfway to work. And with the way Charlotte traffic works, I can't bail on, I can't just bail and go back and make more coffee. So my options were either just don't drink the coffee in general and be hungry all morning and don't burn fat. So go off my diet, try and scoop it out, Right, Scoop the thing out, which I ended up trying to do unsuccessfully, or drink the gnat in my coffee. What would you do, itty-bitty-fitty? I'll ask you. So again, those specific details. It's part of your diet. There's no way to get around it. You either have the coffee with the dietary fat in it, or you go hungry in the morning, which is painful if you're <laughs> fasting. And, uh, oh, by the way, you then ruin your your coffee. Or do you, do you drink with a gnat in it?
1: Yeah, I'm not drinking anything with a bug in it. Sorry. There's a lot of things I'm do that's disgusting. I'll talk on the phone in the bathroom.
2: Uh-huh. I'm not drinking coffee that's got so How is this the line in your sand? There's there's protein in that bug. You don't know where that bug's been. Buddy. You've done a lot more questionable things with a lot more questionable people <laughs> where you don't know where they've been, and all of a sudden you're out here saying you don't know where that bug's been. I feel like that's a little faulty logic here to get started. That bug could have just got
1: done with the bugging session, if you know what I'm saying. Like, is it is it worth the risk? I don't think so.
2: Taylor D saying at the garage door uh, guru text line, a little extra protein never hurt anyone. 704 number saying, drink the gnat, get the protein everybody's on uh, J- Doug from Norwood, extra protein, drink it. That's uh so did did you drink it? I totally drank it. Yeah. I'm on a diet, man. I'm trying to, uh, the cabin was rough on the body. All right. I probably put 10 pounds on during the cabin. That's the kind of damage I did to myself. I got to get that back. I got to get below 300 pounds. Cause that's the goal. I'm starting to move past that 300 pound barrier and the cabin went the other way. So Nat or no Nat, I drank the damn coffee and the worst part is it totally I felt it in my throat. I felt like you know what that's when, what she said. Yeah. Oh uh, no, please don't. No. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. But so I felt it like it got like stuck back there. And I'm trying to find a way where now you can't also say another that's what she said. So you- were you in there like No, I wasn't trying to choke it up. Thank you very much. But I had to take another sip of the gnat-infested coffee to try and get it out of the back of my throat.
1: I just want you to know if you happen to drop dead on the air, I'm not going to tell anybody. And when Jeff comes in and sees you there on the floor dead, I will look at Jeff and say that is gnat my problem and go on with the show. All right. Is this the,
2: is this open mic night? Is there, is there, is there a, is there an American idol? Uh, is this last comic standing coming back through Charlotte in their tryouts? So you're just working out material on the show. Cause this is, this is a problem on uh, somebody saying, this is actually a great question. Cause this is where I was going with this. It, that's not why it's a great question. It's a great question. Cause it's what put me in the mind of it. 980 number saying, would you rather have it be a bug or, or a hair? Um, I think I would rather have a hair than a bug because a bug was a living or like, uh, or a living thing hair. Yes. Technically it's your dead cells and that's not great. But like, if I pull a piece of hair out of food when I'm out and about eating, eating with the family, I don't stop eating. This really, like, and I, and I think to myself, you know what? It could be your hair, could be anybody's hair. A bug, it really, I really had to hunker down, bite my lip, and drink that gnat like you wouldn't believe. 704 570 9610, Big Cat Dan encouraging, Anybody uh, itty bitty fitty for gnat my problem. Uh, you guys are gnats. Oh, <laughs> Uh, 704 number saying gnat. So, let's go there. Anybody bitty fitty. Would you rather uh, drink a, a beverage that you know has a gnat in it or a small bug or eat something that you know has a piece of hair in it? I know. It is a total son of a, you yeah, know what? I've got this whole phobia. Like, like,
1: like when my dad sees a hair, and it could be his own hair and his food. Like he can't eat. Like, mm-hmm. like, like he'll stop the family meal and we clean our plates. Wait,
2: so he makes everybody else. Know oh he? yeah. Oh, it's, it's a whole thing in the Marlowe household. Is is, is Papa Marlowe. Okay. Cause this feels like he had a traumatic experience somewhere. Did somebody did. So, like, so I, I you realize you, you, you swallow hair when you sleep, right? I know your family has a bunch of bold men in it, but if you, if you're sleeping in the same bed as a woman. You're gonna end up swallowing her hair too. I, I I think I would go the bug route because if
1: it's already in something, you're 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 probably not gonna taste the bug. You're you're gonna taste the hair when it, when you're trying to swallow whatever you're eating that has hair on it. Well, but the hair doesn't have a taste.
2: You'll, like just, you'll, you'll just you'll you'll know. You'll it. feel
1: the texture in your mouth like you like, ah, like You know it's hair.
2: What was that sound? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's, the, here's the crazy thing about this is that's hundred percent the sound that somebody makes. When they have hair in their mouth, whether it's theirs or somebody else's. Do it again? Nah. That's a 100- hundred. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did Have you made that? Did you pre-plan this when you saw it on the... No, or- I didn't even see this on the rundown. Wow. You just pulled that out of thin air. Yeah. Wow. I am proud of you. Improv radio. Uh, so as we start the show, there was a gnat in my coffee this morning, and I drank it. All right. I wasn't happy about it. Um Scott saying, Scott emailing me at nick.wilson at uh, radio-one.com uh, saying, Nick, you're from Ohio. Power through it and drink that, drink up that little bastard. We've probably eaten a handful of them in our lifetime anyways. Ooh, 704 number saying they would rather eat the bug, swallow the bug, than, uh, than, than eat the hair. Uh, let's see Chad Harris saying definitely rather a gnat nothing worse than having a hair in your throat you can't get out I actually it's not about the throat to me it's like having it in your mouth and you can't find it you're like gosh see. see so that's exactly how it
1: sounds as well yeah because you- then like you almost like purposely gag yourself right like mm-hmm. you're trying to like just somehow get it to get to a point in your mouth where you can like move it out with your tongue
2: mm-hmm. that's what she said Full circle. Ah, there we go. So would you rather have a uh, would you rather drink a beverage with a gnat in it or a small bug or or try to eat something knowing that there is a piece of hair in it? The only thing that bugs me about huh, pardon the pun, that was not intentional. <laughs> this show is this show is going down the tubes as we talk about it here. But the only thing about the hair is you do wonder if there's more hair. If you pull one piece of hair out, the, the the process you have to work through is, do I trust that there isn't more hair hidden, a short and curly in there somewhere that's really going to go ahead and mess up my whole day? We did start the show, though, talking about the Miles Bridges situation. And I ask you guys a question, should his arrest make the Hornets walk away from Miles Bridges? And I just want to read off what Richie sent in earlier about the things that have happened since firing James Borrego. Because Richie, just reading the bullet points, good God, fire James Borrego after improving by 10 wins. Montrez Harrell arrested for drug trafficking. Kenny Atkinson accepts the head coaching job, then declines. You draft Jalen Duran, but then trade him for lower picks of the future. Hired a coach they fired after firing his replacement, And now, Bridges arrested for domestic violence. Let's set the Bridges thing off to the side here, because that's a very serious thing, and there are some tentacles to that. I I don't want to say anything that could trigger somebody. Taking the Bridges thing aside, what does this off-season say about the Hornets? Because in the same way that when we talk about the Miles stuff, I say, it's too early for me to say definitively that they should walk away from Miles Bridges, they should just pull that qualifying offer and let him figure out his NBA career on his lonesome because we don't have a lot of details. And I do think that there is something to say that I know we all want our pound of flesh in a situation like this. We all want a reaction. We all want to feel like the Hornets are taking this seriously. But sometimes the best way you can take something seriously is by not reacting. That's where I think the Hornets are. But if you look at everything else that is said, from firing Borrego to the Montrez Harrell stuff, to the Kenny Atkinson stuff, to the Steve Clifford stuff, to the Jalen Duran stuff, I think what it says is the Hornets still aren't out of the woods just yet. Two months ago, guys, I was pretty sure, uh, one, the last two years, since watching LaMelo step onto the court and tease superstardom the first moment we saw him touch a basketball from that moment, I've felt like the Hornets were on their path to getting out of their own way and becoming, at the very least, a mid-organization. I know that that's a thing. Here. Like, I, I know the good people of Charlotte who have been here for tried and true, you're sick of the Panthers being a mid-organization. Sick of being somewhere between the 11th best and 20th best organization in the, NBA, uh, in the NFL. The problem is the Hornets have not been mid. The Hornets' best has been mid since coming back with the, with the Charlotte Bobcats. But the last 10 years outside of two or three playoff spots, you're talking about a, an organization that has been bad. Awful, even. I thought we were on the precipice of that changing. It still might be changing. Lamelo is a singular talent. Singular talents can uplift an, uh, an organization, right? Rising tides, lift all boats, or something like that. Rising tides, lift all gnats in your coffee, or something like that. But looking at the way they handled both the decision to fire Borrego, the report saying this was an MJ decision, Mitch Kupchak trying to wrangle that back, saying, nah, that was my decision, back into Kenny Atkinson, to Clifford, to what I thought was a a smart analytics decision, but not the right decision for them right now, and Jalen Duran. It doesn't mean the Hornets are doomed. It doesn't mean that this is the offseason from hell and the Hornets will, we're going to go right back into the 12th seed, the 13th seed. It, It doesn't mean that. It just means the Hornets aren't out of the woods. Michael Jordan has to keep progressing as an owner and more importantly the Hornets have to still be worried to go about going back into the ditch with dumb dumb decisions. So what does this offseason say about the Charlotte Hornets? We'll get back to the Miles Bridges stuff as we move forward but the bit with Beth is going to begin with Beth asking the question or answering the question would she rather drink a coffee with a gnat in it or eat something with a piece of hair in it on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. <laughs> Radio 92.7 FNC. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Coming up in about 40 minutes, Trevor Sycama, charlatan. I know he's from the Tampa area, but he's a charlatan now. Uh, this week, we're only having people on the air who either have been engaged or are engaged. Because Trevor got engaged to Alyssa Lang of the SEC Network earlier this summer. We'll talk with him about that. I guess we'll talk football, too. I guess we'll do the NFL thing with Trevor in about 40 minutes. In the meantime... The responses have been pouring in uh, about the gnat situation. <laughs> and my PhD coffee, which it's not like any other coffee, all right? I have to specially make it at home and and drink it on my way to work every morning. Had a gnat in it. And I'm asking you guys, I ask you guys whether you would, whether you guys would, would drink the, the coffee with a gnat in it, because that's 100% what I did. And then the hypothetical came up. Would you rather drink coffee with a gnat in it or end up eating something that you know has uh, a piece of hair in it. And so that's how we're going to start the bit with Beth. <laughs> Beth Troutman joins us, as she does, every Tuesday and Thursday at 1040. Beth, I will ask you, which would you rather do?
0: Well, whose hair is it? Is it my hair?
2: I don't think you ever know. You're not. You know, well, okay, like if you're out to eat, you're not like, is this the waitresses? <laughs> is this the cooks? I'm not oh,
0: doing no. DNA test yeah, on then, the hair. This
2: is... <laughs> <laughs> This is my neighbor's hair. Oh, I do not eat my neighbor's hair. So, no, this is, you don't know where that gnat's been either in a point that Itty Bitty Fitty oddly made at the start of the last segment.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. Gnats are filthy. Um, I would still, I, I'd drink the coffee with the gnat in it. I mean, I'm that addicted to coffee that the gnat, I would do the finger move, you know, where you just put your, dip your finger into the coffee mm-hmm. and, and the gnat sticks to it and then you flick it out the window and you move on.
2: So I tried to do the finger move with the gnat. Pull that for a drop. And uh and and I was driving, so it didn't it, it, it I didn't I didn't have the coordination oh, to, see, to pull the two things off at once.
0: I am that addicted to my coffee that I would I would pull over. I'd pull over to get that gnat out.
2: Yeah, pulling over on four eighty five at oh, seven well. forty five in the morning just isn't happening yeah, that All right. be dangerous. So you're on the record, you'll drink the coffee with, with the gnat in it.
0: Totally. And hair, no, especially if it's a long hair, because that stuff gets stuck in your throat. And if you pull it out, it's like it like a magician's scarf it just keeps coming
2: so so you gotta understand this led to a that's what that's what she said moment (laughs) with uh with itty bitty fitty in the last segment and that was literally just a that's what she said moment however (laughs) as we get started what do you have for us today
0: well i learned the very first time that i was on your show nick wilson that your nickname is hot dog juice
2: Mm mm-hmm Right? Old Hot Dog Juice Wilson. That's what they call me.
0: <laughs> I don't, I still don't know why. I still don't know if I want to know I why. I don't
2: think you want to know. Okay. I don't think, you know, sometimes you just take the, okay, why Why is he named uh, Cooter Johnson? Let's not figure that out. All right. Why is he named Bumpy? Let's just move on, accept it as, as name of the land, and just move on. All right.
0: Point taken, now that I know that I'm not going to ever find out why your name is Hot Dog Water, I have found a story. Hot Dog story- Juice, oh, sorry, please, ma'am, put juice. some
2: respect All on right. my nicknames.
0: Juice, I found a story that's tailor-made for you, Okay, Mr. Hot Dog Juice. Um, they have made a seltzer in your honor, a hard seltzer in your honor. Um, mm-hmm. It is Hot Dog Juice flavored hard seltzer.
2: So it's basically just hot dog water. It's <laughs> it, it was it was it a, was what made from water where hot dogs were boiled in it is that how you Well, got-
0: it's supposed to taste like that hot dog water. Yet it is a seltzer. So this is like carbonated hot dog water. Okay. And when I first saw this story, I thought it was a joke. It is in fact 100% real. A Texas brewery is bringing this into existence for a big um thing called Jizzy f- or oh, sorry glizz- <laughs> Glizzy Glizzy
1: <laughs> well it looks like I'm going to Texas <laughs> so what's it
0: called ben? <laughs> it's called Glizzy Glizzy with an L Glizzy Fest which is a celebration of hot dogs. <laughs>
2: by the way, that that phrasing does, is not made better by calling it a celebration it's of hot, hot dogs. dogs. <laughs> it really isn't. Oh, isn't. <laughs> listen, I'm all for celebrating everything <laughs> that we can possibly celebrate. Do we really need a hot dog celebration festival or week or like? I'll celebrate hamburgers. I'll celebrate pizza. I also thought that's what the
1: 4th of July was for. The hot dog eating contest.
0: Right? Well, and that's exactly what this has. They have a John Cougar Mellencamp cover band, a hot dog eating contest, and they have new hot dog water seltzer.
2: <laughs> All right, guys. Make sure Dan's dog's about to leave. But first, Little Pink House is sung by some jabronis. Mouse rat. <laughs> uh, hey,
0: but if you're drunk off of hot dog seltzer water, they might sound good. Uh, at, let's, at, at Glizzy Fest. Let, let's, yeah.
2: <laughs> I didn't know we needed to hit that name again on the way out. What else do you have?
0: Um, so moving on, if you're going to be drinking hot dog water seltzer, you need to be eating something along with it in order to, you know, line your stomach. Taco Bell is coming out with, I think, the greatest creation of two things morphed together. Mm-hmm. They are testing out, and I hope this goes nationwide. In California, they're testing out. Big Cheez It tostadas, which means it's a giant Cheez-It that they're gonna load with Taco Bell beef and like lettuce and some sour cream and some cheese. And it's a tostada, but it's a cheese it.
2: I'm gonna need to know the consistency of the giant cheese it.
0: Well, I hope it's cheez-it consistency.
2: Well, what I mean consistency, I mean like <laughs> is it does it get mushy? Cause if it gets mushy, I think I think the Cheez-It in there has to be firm. It's got it's gotta have like when you bite into a Cheez-It, there's a crunch, it's gotta have that in the, the, what the hell is it, gordata?
0: Well, so a tostada. So they're trying this out with the tostada, which I think that one will probably stay crispy. They are also coming out with a a Cheez-It stuffed inside of the the crunch wrap Supreme thing. Like Mm -hmm. instead of having the taco shell in there, it's going to be a giant Cheez-It. That one might get soggy. That one might get glizzy.
2: Sorry. The, the, the <laughs> Garage Door Guru text line is calling back to our previous uh, hot dog seltzer conversation. Um, can I just give some some kudos to Taco Bell's menu? Yes. Driving back from the cabin uh, with Hacksaw on Sunday. Yes. When we stopped there because it was the only place there, they've added a few things to their menu. Let's just give Taco Bell. They're not the best fast food. But, man, they get creative with their menu, and they put some stuff on that menu that is very, very good. They had some new burritos out there. Uh-huh. I'm all for the experimentation of Taco Bell.
0: Well, now, the, the Cheez-It, I think, is the best experiment that they've done in a while, because I'm all in for whatever you put on a Cheez-It, whatever you can put on it. I'm I'm I'm,
2: I'm, I'm there for it. I did that. I'm not that progressive with Cheez-Its. Because cheese nips were better. Explain yourself. The, the, better cheese ratio.
1: They tasted more cheesier.
0: He's talking about those weird nip cheese things. They don't
1: even say cheese. No, it's cheese nips, nip and they quit making them right before the pandemic started.
2: Probably because they were inferior product. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. W- let me ask you: Is Cheez-It still on the market? Oh, Cheez-It's all over, and oh, they yeah. have Oh it's flavors. just cheese nips. Case settled.
0: I think they were called
1: nip cheese. No, they, they were cheese nips. These-
2: <laughs> nip cheese is something different. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Usually, gotta pay extra for that. <laughs> Here's the thing, I knew that doing that was going to derail the show again, but I couldn't resist the joke. This is, as much as I call anybody else on this show a damn problem, I think I'm the biggest problem here, Beth. Uh, What else do you have?
0: Uh, If you are into um, high-flying vacations, there is a brand-new concept. This is not a thing yet, but it is a concept of a flying hotel that is powered by nuclear energy. It gives a whole new meaning to the Mile High Club.
2: So, all right. (laughs) So, we're going to put a hotel. A thousand feet you have five thousand feet up in the air, oh, and know by that. the way, we're gonna put a nu- nuclear uh <laughs> reactor on that zombie.
0: they're saying that this will be powered by nuclear fusion, which isn't necessarily really a successful thing
2: yet, but <laughs> That's made it even better <laughs> your chances of dying go up. Because the technology's not proven. (laughs) Now put that puppy in the air.
0: With, nonetheless, 5,000 people on it, a shopping mall, a swimming pool, restaurants, bars, playgrounds, an observation deck, and get this... It never lands.
2: This feels like when they said the Titanic wasn't sinkable. That's like the the (laughs) thing you don't say with a ship. This feels like, guys, it's a great idea. It's never going to land. That (laughs) means it's almost exclusively going to land. And it's going... Here's the thing. The two scenarios here are it crash lands or it just blows up in the sky.
0: Right. Either one, not great, Bob. And it's not good for a vacation. And the whole point is, like, why go on a vacation where you can't leave the hotel? All you're doing is, I mean, at least with a cruise ship, you go places. So is it—is it,
2: is it like a, uh, that's what I was going to say. Is it an air-based cruise ship?
0: No, because it never lands. It doesn't go anywhere. In fact, there's like a little, like a helipad looking thing where airplanes dock so that you can get on and off of this thing. So you're literally only going to stay in the hotel for the benefit of staying in the hotel.
2: All right. Positives. Yeah. This is going to, this is like the test thing for like a spaceship. Yes. So, so Cool. Because yeah. we're we're totally destroying this planet, so there's no coming back from that. Right. So we need we need ways off the planet. The downside is, I, or maybe this is not a downside. I will not be on one of these until it becomes a spaceship. Because <laughs> nope, I'm gonna let everybody else take that risk, and I'll uh, I'll sit here with hot dog juice flavored uh, seltzer. seltzer at Glizzy Fest, <laughs> whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> All right, you, you we end every bit with Beth by almost getting run off the air, but she also gives us a random fact. What do you have for yes, us today?
0: a weird fact for today. Alfred Hitchcock was an ovophobe.
2: He was he was phobic of oboes? <laughs> ovo with a I, just, I really famous. hate when they're like... ovo <laughs> no.
0: Ovophobe. The man who is the king of horror was actually afraid of eggs.
2: How can you be afraid of an egg?
0: Well, this is what he said in a 1963 interview. I'm frightened of eggs, worse than frightened, they revolt me. That white round thing without any holes, and when you break it inside there's a yellow thing. It's round without any holes. Blood is jolly, but your egg yolk is yellow.
2: <laughs> Was Alfred Hitchcock on meth? <laughs> this is methian logic here. This isn't this isn't this is not intelligent thought. He's just saying things about eggs. Well, it's an oval, and then there's something in the egg, and the only way it gets out is if it breaks the shell. Like, yes, Alfred, are you new here? Like, with, like the, all the things. Like, I'm afraid of nuclear war, all right? I'm afraid of uh, flying hotels with nuclear capabilities. And this dude's like, eggs, man. Who can't even look at him. Like, how do, you, how do you manage an egg phobia? You just don't go near a farm or the dairy aisle? Like, what are we doing here, Hitchcock? <laughs> and how did this not end up in, like, he had a movie called Birds. Right. How did we not have a movie called Eggs? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the plot Same of movie. <laughs> Same movie, that instead of birds swooping down, it's eggs swooping down on people.
0: You know what? That, that, that 1980s drug commercial, like, this is your brain, and this is your brain on drugs, that probably would have, like, rendered him catatonic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> He's like, uh, well, or he never would have done drugs. Ever. So for ovophobic people, uh-huh. that was the most successful way to get them away from drugs and never get them on it was that this is your brain on egg stuff. Yep. All right. Real quick here. What, what do you have any irrational fears? I was going to say, what do you irrationally yes. fear? but That's not,
0: I am irrationally afraid of footie pajamas. Okay. <laughs> like, Go on on that one. I don't like to not be able to get my feet out of things. Okay. It
1: really okay. freaks me out. Anybody fitting what is I'm, your I racial? was going to say flying, but you know, that that's something. <laughs> Footy uh, pajamas. So you don't like snuggies? No.
0: Don't put me in a sleeping bag that's zipped all the way up. And if I'm in a hotel and those sheets are tucked in tight, I flip out. I have to get my feet out. I have to be able to have my feet out.
2: Yeah, I've got heights and snakes. That's what I've got. Things that I'm irrationally afraid of. Oh yeah, like, heights. Oh I, yeah. I see a garter uh, garter snake and I'm like, oh, you gotta die. No, those are good. Those are good for the environment. You yeah, gotta don't, don't let those live. Great. Yeah. yeah, don't care. Black snakes too. Do not. I. That is the. That's the only one, because they kill copperheads. That yep. is the only one. Uh, Beth informative bit with Beth today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go GlizzyFans. Would you
2: like to endanger our FCC license one more time before we go?
0: I really feel like I did that today.
2: (laughs) Tomorrow's show is canceled. So the bit with Beth back next Tuesday at 1040. DJ Moore on Ben McAdoo and Joe Brady next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC.